In case you are listening to this on a Tuesday, it means that you've missed out on the Twitch fun on the Monday night. Boo! But in case you're watching this live on a Monday night at 9 p.m. Central European time, this is the first of many Monday night Euro reviews. My name is Tommaso Adami, and you can find us on Instagram at Anglo Italian Pod. And who is my partner in crime? As always, it's my fine self, Rory Sean Criscuolo. You can follow us on Twitter at Italian Anglo Pod. And welcome, guys, to our first Twitch. I'm pretty yeah. excited. It's all going to be a bit stop-start at the beginning, I think. You think? But... No, I don't think so. Just, just follow my lead, Rory. Just okay. follow my lead. I trust you. All right, Rory, you want to tell the people who don't know who we are, what we're doing here, why we're here, and who we are especially. So, we are uh, a football podcast uh, that mainly focuses on Serie A and Premier League, but we like to take a look around Europe and... and Maybe this week we might be looking beyond the borders of Europe, so that'll be a treat. But yeah, we're just two mates from Milan, started talking about football, and we thought we'd start trying to annoy other people with our football chat. So here we are. But guess live. what? It feels like a lot of people want to be bothered by our voices talking about football. So that's there. And that's the reason why we're on Twitch, because recently we decided to not only publish an episode on Fridays, which was kind of our routine until now. Now we've got a brand new Instagram. I remembered you the handles. If you're on Twitch, you can actually find it there. It's at Anglo Italian Pod. Basically, we're going to be present all the fucking time. Sorry about the big word, kids. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, there aren't. Go back to Fortnite. Go back yeah, to go Fortnite. back to Fortnite. I'm sure they swear all the time, too. <laughs> yeah. So, what is the new format? Basically, every Monday night, every given Monday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central European time, we are going to be live on Twitch to discuss everything that has happened in the footballing world over the weekend. And then on Fridays, actually, we'll release this very episode as a Spotify, Apple podcast, and YouTube episode on a Tuesday. And then you just have to wait three more days to hear our voices again on Fridays, only on Spotify, Apple podcast, and YouTube. And Roy, you want to give a little preview of what's going to happen on our Instagram on Wednesdays and Thursdays? So Wednesdays and Thursdays, we are going to be broadening your horizons um, every week you'll be getting an English lesson and an Italian lesson around 30 seconds 45 seconds picking up new words and phrases that we love about the beautiful game in our language so Tommy will be teaching you Italian of course and I'll be teaching you English and hopefully we'll learn some nice little phrases that you can show off in the pub about when we're allowed back in the pub, right? Well, Whenever that we, is. Right now, as of now, in Milan, we're in the yellow zone. We don't know if you've been following all the color madness in Italy, but regions are given colors by the government and we're yellow. Right in the that's, yellow celebrations. That's why Rory is rocking <laughs> a Colombian kit. So Rory, I think it's kind of time to start. What are we going to take a look at start? today? Okay, well, I wanted to look beyond European borders for once because I was lucky enough to watch well lucky enough I decided to sit and watch the Copa Libertadores final nice now South American football I always want to watch more South American football but it's kind of like American football right I really want to watch it but it's always on at like two in the morning and you're like class tomorrow is going to be brutal if I stayed up to watch like Santos against Palmeiras like you know what I mean but they thought about us European cousins and they put the kickoff at nine o'clock European time. So I sat nice. down 
Thank you for that, Three, guys. Yeah, and the missus, thank you. Uh, on a <laughs> Saturday night, me and the girlfriend settled down to watch uh, Santos versus Palmeiras. I'm sure Tiziana was excited. Shout out to Tiz. <laughs> I had, I did have to have it on the laptop while she watched House. But anyway, um, the game was absolutely terrible. It was nil-nil, and it was... It made me think about, you know, all the stereotypes you see about South American football and you think, oh, they can't be true. I don't like talking about these stereotypes. Honestly, they all just, most of the game, people were rolling on the floor, just like pretending to be hurt. There was like, I think for the first half, there was like eight minutes added time. And then there was 10 minutes added time at the end of the game as well. Like it was just stop, start the whole thing. But the last eight minutes of the game, made it all worth it. So, like, nothing happened. Tell us about it. Tell us so about nothing it. Nothing happened the entire 88 minutes. And then the um, Santos manager, Kuka, who I put some on our Twitter. I don't care if it's a, a, um, like a superstition, but he was horrifically underdressed for a cup final. Ooh. He was wearing jeans and a T-shirt, and it was just, like, a T-shirt with, like... Um, like, like a the Madonna on it. on it with Jesus, right? So it's obviously some religious... It was an awful T-shirt, but I just thought it was really underdressed for a final and it really annoyed me. But anyway... How would you, uh, wear, how would you dress for a final? Let, let the listeners and the mate, viewers I dress know. more formally when I play football manager hungover in my living room <laughs> than he dressed for that final. Like, wear a, a shirt, a collar. Come on, a collar. At least. All right. I take a picture next time that you play football manager. I want to check out your tie, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's only when I get to cup finals, Tommy. But, but okay, so the manager was underdressed. Yeah, the manager was how, underdressed. How did this influence the game that. in any way? Right. Getting beyond that, the actual football, um, he gets sent off in like the 90th minute because he tries to take the ball from the opposition defender while it's off the pitch. Mm-hmm. A fight ensues, right? Everybody's kind of pushing and shoving. The manager gets sent off and sent to the stands, at which point his fans and the Santos fans are both giving him loads of shit, right? Yeah, I can picture. He gets into the stand, and then literally that second, um, the Palmeiras player who's just come on is running into the box. The guy puts the ball in, 90 minutes plus nine. Nice. Spins it into the box, header, beautiful header, like arcs it over the goalkeeper, straight in, like almost makes almost hits the post, but just slides down the net in a beautiful way. Game one, right? They go crazy. And it was such a great ending to the game for a game that was so terrible. And I think it was, I saw um, a tweet about it. I think it was like Jack Pitt Brook. He writes for The Athletic and he was talking about South American football is kind of like math rock. And I thought it was a really good analogy. What does that mean? What does that mean? When you first hear math rock, all the timings are off and it sounds really weird and you're like, it's good, but it's not like anything I've ever heard before. Yeah. It's like South American football, the timing's all weird. People are doing things you've never seen before, but if you give it a chance, you really enjoy it. And I think it was a really good analogy. And I think, yeah, it was the mo- It was just very South American, the game. It's everything I expected. I wanted a red card, to be honest. I wanted a red card on the pitch. A few, a few like, red cards, right? Red card and then a big, a like, big brawl and two you know, more exactly. red cards. Give the people what they want. But, you know, we had a manager sent off. And congratulations to Palmeiras. They lift the trophy. Like, And am I mistaken them. or Felipe Melo is in the Palmeiras team? Is that he correct? He was in the squad, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, in the squad. Yeah, yeah, Felipe Melo still, after breaking shins left and right in Europe, he went back to his home country and won a Copa Libertadores. He's having a whale of a time out there. But one of the Santos players, I saw this before the game, very dodgy, as he was walking out onto the field, he touched the trophy. Ooh, ooh. 
Oh, oh. I was like, you just cursed yourself there straight away for like a something that you to me anyway. Yeah, I yeah, there was this thing in the in the Italy lock, uh, dressing room before the final against France. Apparently, Gattuso was very vocal and told the people to not even look at the World Cup as they were taking the pitch. It was like that's bad luck. Don't touch it, but don't even look at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't. You're just going to jinx it. You are just going to jinx it, and they did. But that was my Saturday night. So. Um, that's yeah, an exciting you know, Saturday night. Lockdown is affecting us all in different ways. <laughs> right. That's how it's affecting me. So beyond that, I think we're ready to talk about Europe, right? And we're gonna yeah, let's talk about Europe. Safer shores. Do, do um, we, where do you want to start from? So before we delve into Serie A and the Premier League, which are kind of like our leagues of expertise, <laughs> we are going to just we're just going to drop some knowledge about the other top three leagues in Europe. Bro, you want to take us somewhere? Where do you want to start from? Let's start in France. As the all right. Beach. Tell me everything there we go. that happened in the league, so yeah. to speak. Um, the, the big headline was that PSG lost away to Lorient. Lorient. Big banana peel. Who yeah. saw that coming? Which right. Is... So I was, I was, I was writing the, I was doing the edit for our Instagram page with the games on, and I was like, should I, should I even write PSG Lorient? And then I was like, yeah, I'll just write it for the French fans, right? But then, turns out it was a big, big surprise. And PSG lose crucial points up top. Yeah, and this puts them now, um, they are three points behind Lyon, uh, behind Lille, and one point behind Lyon, as both of those teams won at the weekend. So it's really shifted the, um, like we were saying last week, they got level on points. Maybe we're just going to see them kind of slowly take Kill control the of it. Again, but yeah. it seems like they've had a bit of a wobble. And their two goals against Lorient were both penalties. So it wasn't like they really dominated the game the Lorient goals are really nice like incisive breakaways Pochettino in the pouring rain cut quite a sad figure I did feel quite bad for so him. The, we will <laughs> see if you can actually take the man out of Tottenham but can you take Tottenham out of the man because I've said it a million times it gets into the DNA it's in the water mate it gets yeah. into their cells into their fibers and it's hard to get it's hard to get rid of for, for the new listeners the guy on the other side of the screen compared to me wearing a yellow shirt is a big time Arsenal fan and he forgot this shirt that I'm wearing here right now so a few jabs at tottenham are always welcome in the anglo-italian pod but we try and then maybe partial there may be a, there may be a few more partial. this weekend considering how they did but yeah we can wait a little bit for that we can right. wait a little bit for that delayed <laughs> gratification again i think um but so then, P- psg not so sure of running to the title huh it's, not it's this a year. weird one right i feel like like we said before they it's always been such a formality for them. Like they don't even have to think about it. It's quite, it would be interesting to see how the players handle it when they're not just running away with it. Cause it might be the first time in a while that they've actually been fought for it. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. Obviously Pochettino never involved in a title race before really. Well, he um, was, he was when Leicester that season, that Leicester won the title. There were a few games that Tottenham could have gone top and they didn't really take advantage of the situation in a very inter-like manner. So I guess yeah. that was kind of a title race for Pochettino. No, that's a fair, yeah, that's a fair point. Maybe I just want to look down on his achievements. But <laughs> Maybe. Back, in a, back in a title race and one that he's expected to win. Let's say that. He's never been in one that he's expected to win before. Yeah, good. 
Good. I would say. Um, so that so was that... France. But the, the, the main headline was Marseille fans setting fire to their own training ground. Um, yeah, how did they do that? Like, as... I'm very curious. You told me, I didn't know about this news. And then you wrote that to me. We should definitely talk about it. And I was like, what? I saw the videos on Twitter. They set fire to the trees outside the training ground in protest to their season and how terrible it's all going. Their fans that have been hang- angry for a very long time, Marseille fans, I think that club has always had such great potential to be like a huge powerhouse of European football again. Yeah, and they've got a sweet, never sweet, done it, like. they've got a sweet, sweet stadium. I love the Velodrome. Velodrome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, that's on my bucket list stadiums to visit. I think the atmosphere there is always looks incredible. They've got a really cool shirt all the time. And their squad is actually pretty decent. Like Paye is still like an absolute baller. They've got some like really good players. They brought in Mate Who did they say they signed from um, Serie A this week? Uh, Milik, right? Yeah, they got. Yeah, they brought in Milik, and they're starting to get. A, maybe they're starting to try and build the team, but the fans weren't happy anyway. So, in typical measured Marseille style, they just set fire to the training ground. Uh, so, yeah, what? What? Yeah. As if it was the trees' fault, right? That Marseille are not performing. So well, I always just... think like, and I know because it happened in Sporting last year as well in Lisbon, where they started like threatening the players outside the training ground stuff, and it, it happens in Italy sometimes, right? Yeah, like you do can... get. Yeah, supporters can get pretty room. like yeah, 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 yeah. The supporters are waiting they... for explanations. It's very mafia like. It's just scary, and, and there's yeah. no player is going to react positively to that. Like, no, playing <laughs> I well mean, for fear does not seem like a good motivator. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. There were a few times that uh, fans were even allowed in the San Siro garage where the cars are parked. The two, they were allowed in with a mediation from the president or the manager or the captain, usually Zanetti to discuss with the team when results were going very bad. But um, yeah, not as far as setting the training ground on fire. So follow up on that one. We'll see how it goes there because that could get more interesting because as their cha- as we all saw, their Champions League campaign was absolutely terrible. Yeah. And their league, uh, their league uh, campaign hasn't been much better. So Sorry, now that we're done with France, take a look at our Twitch. I can't see it because we're old people. We're we not have Gen Z. got Slack music. Slack. Oh my God, I can't speak. Slack musician. Um, Talking about Spurs being Spursy, the time they managed to come third in a two-horse race. Um, nice. Of course, referring to when they lost to Leicester. And we have Mr. Kobayashi, who is very, very angry about the fact that you're wearing an Arsenal shirt. Bryce, Funny. bro, Bryce, I love you, man. I'm very sorry about this, but it's kind of a cool kid. and I feel He like is a cool kid, and I've told look, you, he's look, brainwashed. Rory he's agreed with me on this one. Look, for the listeners on Spotify, you should just join in on the Twitch fund. But look at this. If I remove my headphones... I could kind of look like a 1990s Arsenal player, like a sort of Robert Pires or some shit like that. I don't if know. you want to compare yourself to Pires aesthetically, mate, you, oh. your confidence is much higher come than on. mine. I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm just, <laughs> just going to come closer. Oh, there it is. I can see it now. But that yeah, would mean that I'm French and I don't fucking want that. No, so nobody wants to be French. I just keep my beautiful Italian face. Yeah. Rory, let's move to Germany. Our, our, our Bayern. Achtung, schnell. Bayern. They won 4-1 this weekend. Yep, they are going to win it. Yeah, they're, they're definitely winning it. Uh, they reversed the score. So last September, um, or yeah, no, September last year. Is that the same thing? They often Hoffenheim beat Bayern 4-1, and this time Bayern won 4-1. And nice. this now nice little vengeance. eight points clear. RB Leipzig and Leverkusen played each other. RB Leipzig winning which means that Leipzig have dropped down now kind of really out of the race, if there is one. Um, 
Yeah, yeah Bayern just Bayern just being Bayern and four goal scorers where every single one you look at them and go, of course they scored. It was like Lewandowski, Gnabry, Kimmich, Muller, and you're like, oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Did you say Nabri, the former Arsenal yeah. player? Thought, you sold for yeah, five yeah, years yeah, and yeah, the pack the, of cigarettes. That's it. Yeah, yeah the world-class one. He's he, he's one of many world-class players that we gave away for free. Do you remember Ben Yeah. Ben Milan? Yeah, just yeah, take yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With Nabri, actually, five years and the pack of cigarettes. I don't remember the brand, but I think that was the deal. You yeah. don't need the money. <laughs> As we Good. sell Mustafi for two million today, apparently. You By the way, knock that business acumen. Right. In case you don't follow us on Instagram or it's the first time you listen to us, there is a great quote by Rory on our latest episode that was released last Friday that said, I've got bad news to report in the Bundesliga. There is no more fun to be had here. Bayern Munich are now seven points clear and they're stamping their authority back on the Bundesliga. I agree with you. It seems like the fun is over, boys. Turnover to Serie A, Liga, or the Premier League. Also, or because in Spain, Atletico Madrid, they win again. And we are all. It keeps yeah. going, it keeps going. And the best thing is, Real Madrid fucked up. Oh again. my God. Dude, again. that was bad. We did watch highlights together about that. We did. Right? I got vague memories of us watching the highlights <laughs> together. <laughs> it was a very boozy Sunday, we can say. Also, but yeah. Honestly, hey. my student, one of my students this morning turned around and was like, Sir, you look really tired. Cheers for pointing it out. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, to our students, we love you, but we with this lockdown, we don't get to hang out that much. And when we do, beers are being had. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. deal with it, kids. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, fine. They don't really. There's not that much difference in terms but man, of motivation. Atletico, so it's fine. Atletico. Where does this put Atletico? Like up there with games in hand. So they are now ten points clear with a game in hand. Baby. Which is, that is, you want to say, and again, Atletico fans aren't going to thank me for this, but that is unassailable. That seems like such a big lead. And especially with Real Madrid dropping dropping points to Levante at home. You're like, you've got, it's got to be there, yeah. What was that adjective that you just used? Unassailable? Unassailable. Unable to catch. Nice. Hey. Not just a pretty it? face, Thomas. <laughs> Not just a Thomas, but more of a Tommaso, right? So, guys, in case you don't know, we are big time colchoneros. Like, not. I mean, I guess Rory, you lived in Madrid, so you're a, you're actually an Atletico fan. I yeah, always... yeah. Well, like I said, when I was there, I used to go to the Calderon fairly fairly regularly. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got a liking so... for them, but Sorry? nothing. More. I've got a liking for them, not yeah. like I support them, but it's always a pleasure to see them win. And always sad to see them lose a Champions League final to Real Madrid. Oh, I guess. So many times as well. But anyway, if we go into the positives, Suarez got two, uh, Saul scored, and Coke, he is still going. That guy is like an icon of Atletico at this point. Um, they won 4 2 against Cadiz as Alvaro Negredo got two for Cadiz. Now, people who watch the Premier League might remember this guy. He was up front for Middlesbrough and he was. Um, I remember he had one month where he got like five goals. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. Then he couldn't hit a barn door again. So he kind of, he was always seemed like a bit of a dodgy player, but he's absolutely killing it in Cadiz. Uh, but Atletico win 4 2 and Real Madrid, right? We need to talk about this Real Madrid game, Tommy, because when we were watching the highlights, I was like, oh man, this is like a lot of highlights. And I realized it was only 20 minutes in. Yeah. And it was all VAR decisions that, to my, to my eyes, were yeah. trying to give Real Madrid decisions, but they just couldn't. 
Yeah, it was a weird one. It felt like, well, there was a red card for Real Madrid that at first wasn't called. I think that the, yeah. the referee actually gave a yellow to the guy for diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then apparently, I, I, I'm picturing just like on the earpiece, VAR being like, no, dude, you got to check this, dude, come back, come check this. And then he checked rightfully a red card for Militao, penalty for Cadiz. And the rest of the game, it just felt like Real Madrid, I mean, Sergio Ramos was not playing um, because they did film him in the stands. But um, it did feel like Real Madrid's defense was pretty pretty weak and well far away from the Real Madrid that we've been used to seeing day in and day out. I this mean, is what happens when your transfer policy makes zero sense look, for like okay, the we, last five once, years. Once we move to Serie A, we are going to talk about yet another Real Madrid player. They haven't sold him yet. He's on loan. Borja Mayoral for Roma. Oh, uh, Roma but, I mean, think about it one second. You've got Hakimi, Teo Hernandez. We've thoroughly discussed that already in our pod. Uh, Hakimi and Teo Hernandez, right now they're gone. Then you've got uh, Borja Mayoral that you give mm-hmm. away on loan to Roma. And then you've got Jovic that you give back on loan to uh, Frankfurt. I'm going to so, also claim Odegaard as well, man. Odegaard, yeah. I don't really know. Like, I feel like last year, so last summer, I read an article by Zach Lowy. Uh, very, very, um, he's a very good soccer uh, Twitter authority, we could yeah, call yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Twitter authority. He knows a lot about transfer market. Do give him follow. He's from the United States. Very nice guy. We actually got a chance to Skype last year once. But um, last year, he published an article, and he's very knowledgeable. And the article was called Why Real Madrid Can Afford to Not Go on the Transfer Market This Summer because right, they right, right. pretty much already had a squad. I don't really understand why would you ever give away Akimi Ante Hernandez to keep Carvajal and who, who's on the other side even? I, Is it still Marcello? I feel like Marcello... No, Mendy, isn't it? Mendy. Yeah, Mendy. Mendy, yeah. Well, I to mean, be fair, Mendy's, Mendy is one of the few players, I think, from this season that people are still rating. But Yeah, but I mean, it I, seems... I feel like there was a lot of confusion about what needed to be done at Real Madrid. Yeah. There was not like... A, 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 they didn't pick a way to follow, really. They just no. kind of like winged think... it. At least with like the Galacticos, it was just buying big names, but there was a <laughs> exactly. there was a direction though, right? There was a direction of just let's just have the best players. Whereas yeah. now they're like not really aiming towards anything. I find like obviously okay, guys, if this is the first time, I tend to turn everything back to Arsenal. So we're gonna go back to Arsenal for a minute. But go back to Arsenal. This Udegaard transfer, I find it really, really fascinating because I think it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal made a bid for him and got him in the summer. Because he's so sick of being at Real Madrid, he's not getting. He's been there. He signed when he was fifteen, right? And he's like nineteen now. He's been yeah. there four years. He's not got a chance. He's come back, gone on loan, come back, gone on loan. They recalled him from from Sociedad. Still didn't give him a chance. And this is a guy who they were like when they signed him at fifteen. They were like, "This is I the guy who's that. gonna I yeah, we're gonna that. build this team around. We're gonna build our team around this guy in five years, ten years time." And it seems like they're just willing to let him go. It's really, really strange what's going on there. And that's why they find themselves where they are. But knowing Real, they'll probably still go and lift the Champions League somehow. By the way, I want to say one thing. Um, in case you're a new viewer or a new listener, on Fridays, we usually have a Euro review and then a weekly topic. And the weekly topic changes every single week. 
And I was thinking, Rory, that cheers, by the way, mm -hmm. I was thinking that we should, uh, you know what, we should have a special episode about Scandinavian players, because there is a big generation of Scandinavian players coming up, Denmark, Norway, Sweden. Um, yeah, it really feels like the late 90s, early 2000s generation is really gonna perform for them. And Odegaard is one of them. I remember when they when he came through and he it seemed like he was the next big thing. 15. 15 and if I, if I'm not mistaken, crazy. he's been performing every oh, time yeah. he's been loaned to other teams, right? It's not one of those like like you know, Freddie Adu where you hear him and then he disappears after five yeah. years. This guy for for um Sociedad, they did not want him to go back to Real Madrid. Real Madrid called him back because he was doing so well, then they just don't give him a starting spot or don't even don't even give him a chance off the bench. It's insane. So I don't know what's going on there. And now it looks like he's he's sick of it. When he first signed for Real Madrid, the other club that were in for him was Arsenal. And he was apparently choosing between Real Madrid and Arsenal. So we might get him in the summer. If we do, it just sums up more of lack of direction at the Bernabeu. And yeah. it's a confusing time to be there. Rory, before we delve into the Premier League, I feel like we've got a little nice driveway there. Odegaard, Arsenal. How are we doing on the viewers? How are we doing on the interactions? Let's, Let's have go. a look. We are talking to... Um, we're currently talking about how Arsenal once bid £1 over Luis Suarez's um, release clause when he was at Liverpool, which I still insist, if it's over the release clause, you have to accept the bid. I don't get why they didn't accept the bid. £1 over is still the release clause. Maybe. The release clause is a release clause. Why didn't they accept the bid? I don't understand it. That's stingier than me having a radio show on the Italian radio about music and not paying Spotify for it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That was, that was, is typical of Arsenal's transfer business at the time. And the negotiator's name was Dick Law. Such a great name. Dick Law. Um, yeah, Dick Law. And we have a listener from Spain, Almune Cargirl. Hola, como estas? Oh, that's the first time I've ever heard Rory speak Spanish. Mate, my Spanish is not bad, you know. Hermano, es verdad. Viviste, viviste Madrid, verdad? Sí. Pero. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, don't put me on the spot. Now I'm going red. You can see I'm going red already. But right, yeah, guys, um... viewers, new viewers, all you got to do is like, hey, there are these two super good looking guys talking on Twitch, like, and spam the shit to all of your friends, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Especially the super good looking bit. You definitely, you know, just hammer that. Dude, look right? at me. I'm flawless <laughs> with this JVC. Robert Perez over here. And yeah, yeah. anyway, right. Are, wait, what player are you from Robert I'm Perez? I'm not playing this game, Tommy. Can we move on to the Premier League? Can we move on to Serie A? <laughs> All right. Let's move to the Premier League. I want to start with Arsenal. Otherwise, it's going to take too long to talk about them. Yeah. Okay. Arsenal United. I cannot judge if this game is boring or not because. I was so nervous about this game that I was entranced. But word on the grapevine is that it wasn't a great game. Um, the first half, United were really good. Well, not really good. United were good. Second half, Arsenal were good. Watch out, Bryce is um, watching. He's gonna. Yeah, I think United were, were the better team um, first half. Arsenal came into it. And weirdly, um, we, took Gab we, we took Martinelli off at half-time for Willian. And I was kind of pulling my hair out and losing my shit because William, it's like one of my favorite so players coming on for one of the players I've never hated a player this much. One of the biggest enemies to world peace, correct? Exactly. <laughs> he is. He's a threat, except in front of goal. I, I, did, I did see a meme that listed William as the number one threat <laughs> to world peace before many other people. Uh, to be fair to Arteta, 
tactically it worked and we were much better the second half. Like we were much better and Willian wasn't as bad as he has been. He was still terrible, but he wasn't as bad as he has been. He should have scored. He had two key passes compared to Fernandez's one over 90 minutes. So make of that what you will. Um, but it was a game just, I don't know, with Ollie and Manchester United, apart from the Tottenham 6-1 game mm-hmm. and the City game recently, I think every game has been a nil-nil against the top six, the traditional top six, right? So Ollie obviously is not quite sure how to survive these games. Like, he knows how to not concede, but he doesn't know how to do that and win the game, right? Yeah. Um, Rashford definitely had chances to score. He There was a one-on-one with Leno where he took his time and kind of got it stuck under his feet. Cavani could have won it at the end, but I think overall, and I don't think I'm being biased, I think Arsenal created the better chances, and in the second half, I think we should have won the game. The Lacazette free kick deserved to win the game. Um, but considering we had Saka, Aubameyang, Tierney, and Gabriel all missing, I would have taken a I would have taken a draw beforehand. If you know what I mean, I yeah. could definitely before the game I could see them turning up and doing us four one or four two or something. If you know what I mean, because on the counter they're so dangerous. Luke Shaw looked unbelievable. I don't know where he's come from, but he's got so much better recently. Um, I mean, McTominay I think had I, to come off injured, but he's a player I think is really underrated as well. There are some good. Good players in that side. Wambasaka, he gets caught sleeping, but again, very defensively, very stable. I feel like when improving going forward. When it it gets physical with Wambasaka, you're going to lose that fight. Yeah, and pace one one on one, you're never going to beat him. It's insane. So they they did play well, and I think a draw was probably fair, but I think. Yeah, you could. You would have snatched the win at the end. You would have loved it. But also, I sorry, um, you said a lot of things there. I don't know if you mentioned that great save by Bernd Leno. Oh that no, I didn't. Thank sweet. you, Tommy. I didn't. You know, in case it's the first time you're listening, I've got a little soft spot for goalkeeping, and that save by Leno was like woo, poetry in motion, and he saved the result. So sometimes a save is worth three points as they say in italy the place that loves defense the most right bryce and i wanted to talk about i'm I'm glad you brought leno up because everyone the the narrative of martinez we shouldn't have sold martinez we shouldn't have sold martinez we've got one of the top five keepers in the league in leno like he is a very good keeper i don't think we need to be worrying about the keeper we've got and he proves time and time again he comes up with key saves and you're like he's the reason we're still in the game he He wins us like 10, 15 points a season easily. Like the guy is he's a very good keeper. And his the defense trusts him. He's got a good command of his area now. For a while he looked like he wasn't really in charge. But and a stat that blew my mind, then we can move on from Arsenal, I promise. Arsenal <laughs> This is why you told him to speak about Arsenal, right? Yeah, get it out Otherwise of the way. He would have kept you up until eleven PM, right? It could go for hours to be fair. Arsenal have now, having conceded a goal from open play in a month, the last six games. Bravissimi, oh, bravissimi. Oh, Holding and Luis. Holdini yeah. and Luis, man. Honestly, it is Rob Holding for England in Euro 2021. He has got to be getting shouts. He's got to be Wait, getting shouts. Holdini and Luesta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wish next game to cover in the Prem. Let's what talk about. Should we got? talk what about Bielsa and Leeds? 
Yeah, I'm surprised you don't want to talk about Tottenham already. But yeah, oh, that's I'm gonna make it talk about delayed gratification. Make them oh, wait, right. and then we can really go in on them. Sorry, right? We can fine. really go in on them. Go for a little Bielsa ball. So Leeds uh, are fun again. I don't know. I love how inconsistent they are. Um, Patrick Bamford got two assists and a goal. His finish was ridiculous. Um, left foot finish into the top corner. His two assists are really beautiful. The the last goal for Harrison, it was like, you know on FIFA, when you run at the keeper, then last minute, just square it to the other guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, that was um, Harrison's goal at the end, which was really nice. Leicester, again, inconsistent. We were talking last week about, oh, if they could get a bit of consistency, they could push. Like last season, they started to fall away. And this was another poor result. But Leicester were kind of played at their own game almost. All of Leeds' goals came on the counter-attack. Um, and they, came, and they were just they came, really clinical. They, they came the, back from one down and they yeah, yeah, ended yeah. up winning the game 3-1. That's pretty big. It is. And it, what really stood out to me from watching it was just, and it sounds obvious, but I think maybe when you haven't watched Leeds in a while and you see him again, you kind of re-realise the sheer pace they play at. Like, their players are sprinting for 90 minutes. Like, yeah. nobody... Maybe it's from watching Willian and then watching them, but they look like they really are running a lot, um, and that obviously is what gets them the game, like what gets them these points. And um, and they are they are a good fifteen over the drop zone. Oh yeah, so well, I that's think not that, even a consideration for them. They're not see, even thinking. See, about I think it. that a lot of people. Well, I know it through you especially, but whenever I check like Premier League pages, he Bielsa does get a lot of stick for some reason. But at the end of the day, wasn't the Leeds' main target to stay in the Prem this year? If so, he's like achieved it already and kind of surpassed it because Leeds, I think, they're one of those teams that when managers have to prepare for them, they kind of go like, fuck, that's going to be a tough one because you don't know if they're going to be in their good or in their bad day. And if they're in their good day, <clears throat> talk to Lester about it, right? Well, this is it, exactly. And then they're a team that you need a specific game plan for. I think there's certain teams within the league that you might be like, I don't know, a, a team like Palace or a team like, I don't know, uh, Brighton. You might not need to specifically tailor a game plan. Wait, you chose Brighton. Purpose. <laughs> I promise I didn't. You I promise dick. I, Mourinho never picks a game plan anyway. He picks the same team one repeatedly. I didn't say anything about Spurs. You said Mourinho. But for Leeds, you need to have a specific, like, how are we going to deal with this? Right? And like you said, some teams deal with it, some teams can't. And Leicester were found out. But also Liverpool were found out this year. Yeah. By well, exactly. the same there's, team. there's been a few teams slip over him. And I think you have to check out Bamford's goal. It's a beauty. And yeah, Leeds, I think because of the size of club that Leeds are, people forget that their their expectation was to survive. Like yeah, 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 yeah. people expected them like, oh, it's Leeds. Okay, they've got to be top table, like top half. And you're like, well, that, that would be like when Nuno did that with Wolves, people were going insane, if you know what I mean. So like if Bielsa does that, you've got to give him the same amount of credit. Um, and he's doing it playing better football. I don't know. I mean, they're clo- they're closer to fifth than they are from the drop zone. So call they're that. They're above instant. us, right? I'm pretty sure they're above Arsenal. Yeah, right? I'm checking. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they're not. Keep they're, scrolling down. Oh, no? they're two, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they are two points behind Arsenal. Believe Ooh, it. Oh, wow, that leads. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Leeds. Yeah, you guys rock. And next up, come on, let's talk about Brighton above. Uh, I always say Brighton above Albion, but it's Brighton and Hove. And Hove Albion. And let's talk about Brighton. Yeah, let's talk, let's about, talk about Brighton. Brighton. So, when a team, I saw a meme this morning that says, when a team with less ball possession than you ends up beating you, and then there was P- Peyton, what's his name from Harry Potter, 
saying, Potter, are you trying to use your own spells? No, my own spells against <laughs> me. <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> Mourinho's well, nightmare, right? Well, this was statistically on XG. This was, um, over the course of the season, the luckiest team, uh, Tottenham, losing to the unluckiest team, Brighton. So Brighton have the highest XG, but the lowest amount of goals. And Tottenham Rory, have the lowest XG, but the highest amount of goals. Rory was typing before the episodes stats that make Tottenham look like shit. Oh, good. Excellent. I don't need those stats. They're making themselves look like shit. I don't need any stats. Like that. Hey, hey, hey. The vocabulary for the kids, right? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Mourinho gets out Mourinho'd to an extent. But from what I saw, Brighton had some very good chances. Tottenham offered zero. Tottenham are falling for the same problem. And I can see how it happens every season. They don't have a backup to Kane, right? But they don't have a backup to Kane because no decent striker wants to come in and be backup to a striker, right? You're not going to get a good striker who's going to go, okay, I'll start 10 games a season. But it means when Kane is injured, which he always is, he gets injured fairly regularly, they're knackered, right? So yeah. up front, they had Vinicius of hat-trick fame against Marine, and <laughs> then they had Gareth Bale, who we need to discuss now as an absolute flop of a transfer. Yeah, it was kind of funny yesterday when we were here at my house and we were watching the Tottenham game. You were like, yeah, Bailey's looking terrible. Why don't we put a, a Gareth Bale highlight reel from his best plays over the years? He did look like the shadow of the ghost of the player that he was. But, I mean, I don't know. Do you think he will be able to turn up or not? I think Bale, I think he's lost all motivation. Even for golf? Or for football? No, no, for football, for football. Yeah, for, for, golf, for golf, it's going to be there, right? The guy's got a golf, golf range in his own back garden. Like, I think he's never going to get bored of golf. But I think when you've won everything that you could kind of win in your career, right, mm-hmm. of course your motivation is going to disappear a little bit. And I think... But actually, going back to the club that made you a, a star, I think that would be a bit of a motivation. And especially when he came in, like, Tottenham were looking solid AF. So I don't really get it. No, they they were, but then he wasn't playing. Like, no. he, he's hardly got a game, really. He's been played in the Europa and, like, the FA Cup, but Mourinho hasn't really given him a shot either. So it's it's weird. You kind of, yeah, can you expect him to come in and just start, like, banging hat-tricks? No. But then his performance against Brighton, you're like, man, the guy was anonymous. Like, if this is your best hope beyond, like, once Kane isn't there, then you're, you're in trouble. I don't, like, when he came into the club, people were like, I myself was like, crap, that could be a frightening front three of like Son, Bale and Kane if they're all on form. That's terrifying. Any defence in the world would be scared of that. Mm-hmm. But Bale just doesn't fancy it. I don't know. Yeah, I remember. I think actually we mentioned it in one of our episodes that it could be one of the deadliest attacks in Europe. I mean, Bale, Son, Kane, there you go. Yeah, that would have been nice. Rory, we haven't got much time left. Only 21 minutes. We've got to cover all of Serie A. Any more no, man, I, I went off about Arsenal. I apologize. No, any any more headlines in the UK besides um, Messi Lingard signing for West Ham? That's pretty big. That is pretty big. I'm kind of excited for Lingard. I'll be honest. I'm kind of excited for him. I don't really the, because he always punishes Arsenal. I don't really like him. But it would be really good to see his career. Always, get a boost the man hasn't again. played in like one year, right? Yeah, but every time he plays against Arsenal, he scores. It's ridiculous. Um, 
But it'd be good to see his career get back on track. A very um, promising player. One of those players that you have to remind yourself isn't 21 anymore. Yeah, right. (laughs) He grows old just like we all do. Yeah, oh shit, the guy's 27. I thought he was still a teenager. Um, But yeah, West Ham doing some good business. I think that's a very clever signing. They've made Ben Rama official. um, So he's there permanently. Of course, we're talking to you on transfer deadline day. Nothing has really happened in the Premier League so far today, from what I can see. Arsenal are selling Mustafi. Um, it seems like more kind of outgoings than ingoings, really. It's definitely a, a seller's market. I think nobody's really making what, moves. What there. about Liverpool bidding for a centre-back? Well, they are picking up a young Ben Davies from Preston, who is very highly rated. Um, there's been a few Premier League teams sniffing around him, so I think Liverpool are just making that move a bit early. They've also been linked to a guy called Kabak, maybe the centre-back. Um, it's getting a bit late now, though. We'll have to see. But I've heard that the Ben Davies transfer for Preston is pretty much a done deal, which a good young English centre-back could be a clever move for the homegrown status thing for your registration. Probably a good move. Yeah, you know, when during the spring quarantine, Rory suggested I, I was desperate for watching stuff. I'm not a big TV show type of guy. But Rory suggested I watch Sunderland Till I Die, which is a Netflix series on Sunderland. And for some weird reason, it made me want to travel to Sunderland and live in Sunderland. So, listeners, I am going to take Tommy to a Sunderland game at some point when we can go back to the UK. I've just got to think for working class like cities and environments. But one thing that in that documentary they explained very well And I mean, I've never really, I've always loved football, but I've never been inside a club, you know, their, 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 their venues and everything. They show very well how intense it gets right before the transfer market deadline. It's just like, okay, send a message. Okay, send another message. Okay, send another message, blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, it's super duper intense, but yeah watch it in case you like football it's a great series it's a really great series and i think it shows you it's a real insight into english football as well i think and how much it matters to the community big fan of that series okay tommy right we're done in england i think um tuchel got his first win boring Um, boo yeah what else happened i don't know um (laughs) that's about it i think um, I'm yeah, checking. Oh, and, and Eze scored again, and Newcastle won. There we go. Right, Italy. Wait, 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 wait. We've got. Well, we'll we'll preview the games to look for to look forward to later. Serie A. I want to start with a name. We actually want to start an official TAIP campaign that stands for the Anglo-Italian Pod <laughs> to bring Mattia Destro to the Euro. 2021 <laughs> championship we are Come all on, about that guys on the first episode that we ever recorded i said genoa have signed the destro <laughs> losers what do they expect to do well 16 games later the man from Marke, my same region has got nine goals and one assist his best season so far 13 goals two assists and 18 in 18 games for roma in 2013 2014 the guy keeps scoring he doesn't want to stop and they don't think that he's going to stop i'm going to say it once again i think that Mattia destro is on his way to the best season of his career and mancini our manager the italy manager he's from marche as well so there is a little nice regional connection and i think that he has been looking at him perform and now thanks to him genoa are six points 
from the drop zone that for a team like Genoa, who's been struggling every single year, it's a nice little tally to keep there and to keep working on. All I got to say is that Destro is performing. I did watch highlights from the game yesterday, the game against Crotone. Not the toughest of opponents, but Destro, man, he's got fire in his belly. We did say that. He is, he is absolutely on fire. Um, is he going to be the Genovese Bellotti? Is he going to be the one player that kind of keeps them keeps them up above the water? Is that what it's going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Genova Bellotti. Genova Bellotti. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that would be interesting. And then I kind of want to review just like the games, starting from the first team in the league going down. So AC Milan are still leaders. They played against Bologna and they won 2-1 with goals by Rebic and Cassi for the black and red side and a goal from the former Milan player, Pauli, for Bologna. Now, if you haven't watched the highlights for the game, go watch them in the first half. Beautiful free kick by Teo Hernandez. Kind of a crazy wide rainbow shot the first of many good saves by Skorupski, the ball ends up on the bar, and then Skorupski, two brilliant saves on Ibrahimovic, one after the other. The guy was right in front of him, and he opened up Jan Oblak style and right. saved it. And right after, what did he save? Another Ibrahimovic penalty. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So Ibrahimovic keeps missing penalties. And 78% of our Instagram followers say, get the man away from the ball when there is a PK. And I agree with them. I mean... Ah, But is he willingly going to give penalty kicks to anybody else? All right. During the game, he missed the first one, got saved. Rebic scored, right? And then there was a second penalty. We'll talk about how many penalties AC Milan got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a second penalty for AC Milan. And Frank Hesse, as cold as you want, he put it He put it in. So this year, um, Ibrahimovic has scored 42.9% of his penalties, while Kessi has scored 85.7%, six That's out of seven. Close. It's not even close. Yeah, it's yeah, only, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but it's so weird. We were talking about it yesterday with Michael. Isn't it weird? Because if you look at Ibrahimovic's career, he's missed 16 penalties out of 100. So that's actually a great record. I don't really know what's happened. What do you think, Rory? He's lost the mindset, maybe? Of Zlatan? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, it, it was I, don't, like... I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe, maybe he's too cocky. Oh, Could that be said about yes, Zlatan? Thank I you. I was, kind of, I was kind of feeding you the answer. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, he's yeah. got a little too cocky. Maybe even... Yeah, maybe, maybe he's finally hit the tipping point. He's maybe he's called himself God a little too many times, right? Because that's annoying. And he hasn't been performing. I mean... He's still a good player. He's still good, man. That's not, no, like revisionism isn't going to help. He's still having a very good season. He's, he's still, still having a very, right? no, he's still having a very good season. I don't know if he's Serie A's top scorer right now, but no, he's, he's their having, top scorer, right? Milan. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's yeah. having, but also thanks to all the penalties. Thank you. Well, that yeah, okay. So why are they getting so many penalties, Tommy? I don't know. Um, for, sorry, I just raised the level of my volume <laughs> there accidentally. But I'm, uh, they've got 14 penalties in 20 games. That's 0.7 penalties per game. Wouldn't you want to be AC Milan? Because I would. I mean, Lazio, everybody was talking about Lazio last year, that they got so many penalties all the time. 
at the end of the season, they got 18. We are halfway through the season. AC Milan have got 14. Like, they're on their way to get, like, 30 penalties. I don't know. I think one of the reasons I was kind of reading an article about that earlier is because AC Milan, they play, they verticalize very quickly. And so sometimes, like, teams are caught off guard and they're kind of, like, forced to foul the forward in the area. I do think that AC Milan have been kind of lucky. The first penalty, for example, in my opinion, it is a penalty, but the way the ref whistles right away without a shadow of a doubt seemed a little like, really? Like, don't you want to review that? But turned out to be the right call. But hey, AC Milan, at the end of the day, still leading. They haven't, I, I predicted that it would like kind of slip on banana peels one after mm. the other. But they didn't. And Bologna, Bologna under Mihailovic, they've been a pretty good team. But in their last five games, only one win and one draw. The other three, L, L, L. Not so good for good old Sinisa. Second in the league, Inter Milan. I was worried. I was worried. After the AC Milan game, you look at the temporary standings and AC Milan are all of a sudden standing five points above you. And that was kind of scary. Then turns out that the game against Benevento was nothing really to worry about, despite Benevento being a decent side, mm-hmm. and they are seven from the drop zone. So they're not a bad team, but I don't think that Inzaghi's game plan was to come to Milan to try and get points. I mean, three points against Inter. That kind of showed during the game. It was a very comfortable 4-0 win, but I have to say that between the own goal from Benevento and the Lautaro's goal and the Lukaku's first goal. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, okay, guys, we are not conceding anything, but we fucking need to push. Like, we yeah, need yeah, yeah. to score. And then we did. But this game, man of the match, my opinion, he didn't get a goal, but what a beautiful game he had. Christian Eriksen, mm-hmm. I'm doing a little hard for our <laughs> listeners in case you can't see. I'm very happy for you, buddy. Hey, in Serie A, these are the first 90 minutes that he plays since July 22nd versus Fiorentina. 24 games for you, buddy. Imagine for 24 games, you don't get to play the full game. And you know that you've got it in you. So all I got to say is that the inter-management have now said that Ericsson is not going anywhere. I'm very happy about that. I feel like he's found his confidence again. Conte is going to start in more and more often. I think there's going to be quite some turnover with Brozovic, but also Gagliardini was playing. Mm-hmm. So maybe Brozovic could play instead of Gagliardini and Eriksen could still be in the pitch together with Barella. That would be a great lineup. And then Lautaro, what a goal. And Lukaku, what a beast. Rory, you said, well, tell our listeners, who would you rather have at Arsenal? Lukaku or Lautaro? I would rather have, I would rather have Lautaro. I really like Lautaro. I think... 78% of our followers on Instagram, they vote for Lukaku in their team. Why do you think it's that? It's unlike me to be wrong. Um, no, I think um, I think Lukaku is much more prolific, right? I think he gets you more goals. Right. Um I just really like Lautaro as a player. I've, I love him. He's got that kind of absolute graft. He never stops running. He's technically very good. His finishing could be better, but when he finishes, it's usually a beautiful finish. Um, I just really like him as a player. I really, really like him. I, I said to you before, when, like when I'm going to watch Inter, it's like him and Barella that I usually spend most of my time watching. Yeah. Um, he's just a, a beautiful player to watch. And I'm very happy to see that the Barcelona 
rumors are slowly fading away. You know, I saw that maybe he's going to sign a new contract somewhere. It feels like he's kind of quite happy at Inter, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there is a good project at Inter. And right now, by the way, just I saw this very recently before we started our stream. AC Milan have shut down on the British investment fund that wanted to purchase Inter Milan. They decided to not do that. So the ownership, <clears throat> sorry about that, the ownership of Inter Milan is still the Chinese giant Suning tomorrow night, guys. Oh, without Lukaku, oh, without Akimi, oh, we're going to play Juve in the Coppa Italia tomorrow night. And after that, in Serie A, we've got Fiorentina and then Juventus in the Coppa Italia and then Lazio and AC Milan and Destros Genoa in Serie A. It's going to be a long month for the Nerazzurri. But let's get to the third position. Roma are still third. So Roma are really... You know that office episode where Michael Scott does parkour? Let's go parkour! <laughs> Over the sofa, that, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's Roma in the past three weeks, right? Like, they've been... I mean, they were saying that Allegri was close to getting the job and then that Fonseca was going to be sacked and then that Roma sucked and... Next thing you know, they beat Verona, whom, in my opinion, are a very decent team. 3-1, and there are a bunch of good news. There was a rumor going on about this trade, Zeko for Sanchez at Inter Milan. I would have done it right away. But that didn't happen, and Zeko is going to stay. And guess who's back in Rome? He's not an emperor, but he's a pharaoh. It's Stefan and Sharawi back from oh, China. Oh, he's back. I was trying to figure out. I was like, wait, what, Salah? No, wait, it's not Salah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, Salah is not going anywhere. But okay, in this game, the three Roma goals were by Mancini, Mikitarian, and Majoral. Hey, MMM. That's pretty cool. But check this out. Borja Majoral, another Real Madrid re- reject, right? 14 appearances in Serie A this year. Six goals and two assists. He scored his third goal in two games over the weekend. And in total, he's got 21 appearances, nine goals, and five assists. Whenever this guy plays, he performs. So Real Madrid, uh, are you going to bring him back? Are you going to sell him? What are you going to do? It feels like there is a good Spanish-Roma connection in general. And this kid looks like a deadly forward, in my opinion. But then, who was the other goal scorer? Mancini. Mancini is a centre-back. He's already got three goals this year. And in the 2018-2019 season at Atalanta, he had as many as five. So there is nothing that I love more, especially in fantasy football, than a centre-back who scores a shit ton of headers. Gets goals. Centre-back who gets goals. That was John Stones for a bit in the in the Premier League. Like, he just kept getting headers from corners. Oh, yeah, before he, went to, before he went to Man City, right? Maybe? or maybe. No, even not up until he got injured. Last couple of weeks, he started getting a few goals. Um, yeah, then, he, can't, he can't knock a, a defender who scores. Van Dijk is always a good shout for that as well when he's fit. Uh, <laughs> when he has both knees, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then... Yeah, Pickford. Yeah, yeah. Now, guys, okay, close your eyes and listen to these numbers because now it's going to be numbers, but it's fucking incredible. Mikitarian, remember this guy, Rory? Yep, another yep. Arsenal flop. Another Arsenal flop. Call him a flop. But this year in Serie A, 19 games, 9 goals and 8 assists. Wait a second. Total appearances, 25. Total goals, 11. Total assists, 10. The guy is already on double digits for goals and assists. In all competitions, 
he's already equaled his tally from last year in Serie A, which was nine goals in 20 appearances. I mean, this guy is on fire. He scored a beautiful, very smart goal that was kind of set up by Mayoral. Go look at the job that this guy does. But I went looking at Mkhitaryan's best seasons ever. Okay, let's go back to Shakhtar Donetsk, the 2012-2013 season. Guess how many goals he had in 29 appearances? In Ukraine? Yeah. I don't want to go... 23. 25. Oh, I went under. I didn't want to go over. I'm glad I went under. And nine assists. And then two years... No, three years later at Dortmund, the 2015-2016 season, 31 appearances, 11 goals, but the best season in his career for assists, 20. Oh, that was the him and Obe year, right? Yeah, that was the, the year that it was done, and then he went to Manchester United. But yeah, this guy, I think that this guy has still has still got it. No, he's, and he's, think... he was undoubtedly a very good player. He was. It was interesting seeing him and Sanchez both part of that deal, and they're both players that have never been the same since that deal. It's yeah. really weird. It was like this cursed transfer, and like obviously at Inter, Sanchez isn't having the same um, amount of success, but you know there's a good player there, and you know the same with Mkhitaryan. All Arsenal fans knew there was a player there. We just weren't getting out of it. Yeah, right. But um, let's keep moving down the Serie A table. In the fourth place, we find <laughs> Juventus. They win 2-0 at Sampdoria. Um, Sampdoria actually put up a fight. I recommend you guys, however, go watch the first Juve goal because it's a beautiful triangle. As somebody told me some time ago, I don't remember who it was, football is all about triangles. And go check this one out. Ronaldo to Morata on the right, and then Chiesa comes zipping in. He's very fast. He just taps it in. It seems like a very simple goal, but it's actually very beautiful and very very good defending from Bonucci, Chiellini, and Chesney all throughout the 90s minutes because, once again, Sampdoria put up a fight. Juventus, with only one negative results in their last five appearances, that result came against the mighty Nerazzurri. Yes, did win against Juve. But yeah, it feels like you were kind of back at the horizon. The tum 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 shark feeling. They are back. Fifth position, Napoli. Gattuso is keeping the job. He's not going anywhere. They win 2-0 over Parma. Do you want to talk about Parma? Can we talk about Parma, please? Parma Exciting are sucking. Exciting times at the in moment. Parma. Exciting yeah. times. At the Tardini, is that that one? The Tardini, yeah. Parma Tardini, are yeah. actually 19th with 14, po- 13 points at the moment, but they've just signed not only Graziano Pelle, the most oh. beautiful man to ever grace Italian football. Between him and Giroud for most beautiful footballer. It's, and, it's a close one. Yeah, right. But then, <laughs> who else did they sign from the European champions? Now, Seriously. this guy, he is on Football Manager. He is someone who everybody goes out and buys instantly. Xerxes. This guy is such a prospect. Now, they've signed him on a loan, right? Yeah, yeah. They've signed yeah, they're not signed him, yeah. signed him, right? Yeah, no, 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 no the no, guy no. would have been like, please, guys, no, no, let me go. I want to stay with you. I want to stay with you. But then what finally, in sixth position, who do we have, Rory, in Serie A? 
do we have Atalanta or Lazio in sixth position? Um, I need play. to open the tab. We have Lazio. We have Lazio with one point over Atalanta, who are proving once again to be inconsistent as balls. And as you said, Rory, Lazio, what a difficult team to predict, correct? Yeah, incredibly hard to figure out what they're going to do from week to week. Um, games you think they're going to win, they lose. And games you think they're going to lose, they win. And it must be an exciting time to be Laziali at the moment, but also very frustrating. Very frustrating. But guess what? After losing 3-2 to Atalanta in the Coppa Italia, they get their little street revenge. Maruzic, Correa and Muriki score three past Atalanta who have only got a consolation goal at the 88th minute with Pazalic. But the, besides the Maruzic goal, Rory, do you want to thank Maruzic for your fantasy football? I standing? do. Yeah. For a player that I was very not very aware of and bought on a kind of whim, he scored for me at the weekend. And I need to actually check if he came into my team because I haven't checked it today. He um, actually scored a sick, sick... Yeah, it was a fucking nice goal. Like, yeah. Euro goal. If you follow our Instagram, you will discover what an Euro goal is. But the most beautiful thing to me of the game was the almost 2-0 by Milinkovic-Savic because it's preceded by Luis Alberto, the best trequartista or offensive midfielder, however you want to call it, in Serie A. This guy is surrounded by three Atalanta kids and he manages to keep the ball, hide it from them, keep it there, give it to Immobile. Immobile makes a beautiful assist in the box. Milinkovic Savic gets there with a header. Post, almost there, almost there. But guys, this was it for the Serie A. And I'm just reminding you that tomorrow night it's semi-final time in Coppa Italia. And at 8.45 CET, Central European time, Inter Milan take the mighty Bianconeri at the San Siro. Rory, predictions? I'm going to back in there. Back Inter. And then on Wednesday, we've got Napoli-Atalanta, the other semi-final. And then I review the Serie A games on our Friday episode. Rory, what are the games to look forward to in the Prem? Because the boys are playing tomorrow night. Oh, there is no rest for the wicked in the Premier League. It is relentless. So the games we have tomorrow, we have Sheffield United against against West Brom in a relegation battle. Um, Arsenal are playing Wolves and Manchester United against Southampton could be an interesting game. In the reverse tie, Man United won it after Southampton being the better side for a while, but United won it late on. It could be an interesting game at St. Mary's. That's all tomorrow night. Then on Wednesday, I we think have the Leeds against Everton. Yes, that's that's going to be a good. What's happened to Everton? Very Everton quickly. are dropping off a little bit. They seem like you know they have that mad run at the beginning of the season. Then they went on a terrible run. Then they went on a good run. Now they might be going on a terrible run again. Um, losing to Newcastle was really awful. Um, they, that should not be happening to Carlo. I don't know what happened there for Everton. Um, so they play Leeds at Ellen Road on Wednesday. We have Aston Villa versus West Ham in the Battle of the Clarets. And Liverpool against Brighton. Can Brighton pull off two upsets back-to-back? But then, on Thursday... Finally, on Thursday night, because the fun never stops, 
We have Tottenham against Chelsea in the which club in London do I hate more derby. <laughs> uh, and so you guys, is also one. guys, very important thing about Tottenham-Chelsea, you will have to review that game on your own because that game will be happening while we are recording our Friday episode and so we want to be able to review it for you. So you watch it, you draw your own conclusions, you talk to yourself in the mirror and then you say, good job. This is pretty much what we do all the time, right? Yeah, I'm constantly talking to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, right, what do you <laughs> think of this little Twitch thing? Go go check if we've got any interactions. I feel like you're we've not... Got, yeah, I, I, asked for some, I asked for some questions. Um, Irish food or Italian food? Tommy, that's from Bryce. Irish food or Italian food? I'll always go with Irish food, of course, man. <laughs> oh, you're lying. Come on. If it's cold outside, Irish food. If it's hot outside, Italian food. What is Irish food? Please shed a light on that one. Uh, potatoes. <laughs> potatoes, meat, and gravy. And so it's the my, best. My best friend in Milan, his name is Michael O'Malley. Shout out. Not a very Italian name. Of course, he's half <laughs> Irish. He said that the smell of potatoes and bacon is the best smell in the world. Honestly, you're making me hungry and I've just had dinner. Like, um, it's, it's just funny to picture him like spraying a cologne that smells like potatoes <laughs> and bacon. And then, okay, from Steve Cole, we have, who would you like for the Coppa Italia final? Tommy, who do you want to face in the final? If you get there, touch wood, if you get there. Yeah, I mean, I would like a good... I mean, hey, you know, Steven, I'll tell you what, buddy. I fucking hate Atlanta. I cannot <laughs> see them. Like, I'm gl- like, I'm actually happy for the city of Bergamo, everything they went through, the fact that they pushed in the Champions League last year. Cool story, blah, 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 blah. But I hate Atlanta. They're too close to Milan. Whenever they come to San Siro, there are too many of them. They sing stupid chants against us. Like, you guys only got fog. You come from Bergamo. Have you ever been there? Like, it's always foggy. So, fuck Atlanta. I would love an Inter-Atalanta final and rip them apart in the final. Mm, kind of unlikely, but I would like to see that. Nice. And he asked me for a score prediction against Wolves. Wolves are in terrible form. We're in okay form. I'm going to say 3-1 to Arsenal. 3-1 to Arsenal. Listen to that. And then we actually had a question from our friends from the Hopeless Wanderer podcast. Serie A surprises to look forward to in the second half of the season. Now, man, I pff, up there, it's kind of strange. I think that Sampdoria, they have a very good team. I saw the way they played against Juventus. And Sampdoria could be a surprise. I don't think they're going to make it top six, but I think they're going to push for a late spot there. And also Elas Verona. I will never get tired of them. Keep watching mm. Elas Verona. Those guys have got a very good system going on. And then, of course, if you want another kind of dark horse, Sassuolo, they're sitting at 31, only six points below Europa. But I feel like that should be their objective this season. They've been in Serie A long enough to know what it takes to get there. We've kind of ignored them recently. I think we need to show Sassuolo some love a little bit. Yeah, we did We did say in one of our episodes, great line by me, <laughs> I did hmm. say that Sassuolo are the new Atalanta. Yeah. Rory, just takeaways from this first Twitch experience? Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm kind of keeping an eye on the little chat, watching the viewers' numbers go up and down, depending on how interesting we are. I find it all quite fascinating. Um, 
And it turns out I can kind of multitask. So that's always good. Something good to learn about yourself. That's, right? that's beautiful to see, Rory. Also, we promise, and especially Rory, that we're going to do a better job with our setup. <laughs> Next time, we're going to add little lights and posters yeah. and shit. <laughs> We're gonna I promise be I'm not in a cupboard, guys. I am. I am in a very in a room. spacious room. Um, I will try and put a picture behind me. I was but looking Rory, for virtual backgrounds, but I'm too white. I just go into the virtual background. But Rory, there is one more thing that we need to tell our listeners. What's happening on Friday? Are you going to reveal it? Is this the big? No, reveal? no, no. We're not revealing anything. Okay, but on right. Friday, well, actually, starting from tomorrow on our Instagram and Twitter, we're sense. going to start a sort of countdown to our Friday episode because we have, for the first time, a professional in the footballing field. <laughs> he is a manager and is currently managing a team that features that features in one of Europe's top competitions this year. So that's something to look forward to, boys and girls. The cheeky little teaser there. Yeah, we're going to... Yeah, I was about to reveal it, but we can we can hold on. So, no, yeah, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll reveal it on the, the fourth. a little bit. We'll, we'll reveal it on the fourth, which is a Thursday, because our episode will drop on the fifth. Guys, this is all from me, at least. Bro, you got something more to say? Um, no, I don't think so. Just a few more comments coming through. Um, everyone saying it was a great listen. And yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for the questions. Glad you enjoyed it. We'll be doing this at the same time next week. Yeah. Forever, I and think. And ever, and ever again. So once again, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, wake up. 12 hours before and come on Twitch to have fun with us from next week. We will try to have it more interactive, maybe with more followers and uh, more beers. I feel like one beer was not enough for me to get me through, but guys, thank you so much for listening to us. We'll talk to you again on Friday. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Anglo Italian pod and Rory. What you about follow the us on, on Twitter at Italian Anglopod. I almost always forget it every time, but I promise you we're there and we're over 200 followers. Woo! Nice. Thanks again for listening. And that's everything from Milan and from the Anglo Italian Pod Solo Football. <laughs>